Blog Talk Radio. Looking for inspiration to take action, to grow? Then you've arrived. The Coco Express is waiting for you. Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to Best Invention Ever You, where we spotlight some of the best invention ever. I mean, if we had the time to be able to go through every invention in creation, we'll be doing this for forever. <laughs> I'm Aurelia. I'm going to be your host today. My amazing co-host, Marilyn, will not be joining us. She is doing some amazing things out in the world. She is currently... Uh, in a play off-Broadway. So she's busy rehearsing for that, and it's me all alone. I'm going to do my best. So today I'm so excited to have Chris A. Matthews. Chris A. Matthews is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's an author, he's a entrepreneur, and he um, he is an expert on um, relationships and marriage. And I have to say that, you know, we can't get enough of understanding how to better manage ourselves to be better people in relations to other people. Uh, in other words, in um, layman's terms, <laughs> you got to check yourself before you wreck yourself or wreck somebody else. So today we're going to have this conversation and we're going to try to find out how we can be better how we can be better to be able to better understand the people that we're involved with and also why we choose what we choose. Please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Chris A. Matthews. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing amazing. Thanks for having me. Oh, it is indeed a pleasure. I mean, um, we had a discussion, my co-host, Marilyn, who's not with us, we had a discussion about marriage and relationships and, you know, what it takes to get to be in relationship and how to manage being in a relationship. And we came to this one conclusion that you have to first be in relationship with yourself. Please tell me if I'm wrong. You're absolutely right. Self-love is the foundation for a good relationship. If you can't love you, then you won't be able to truly love another person because you are the source of your love. So you have to be able to love you first before establishing a relationship with someone else. Mm, Okay. Now, before we get into, like, the meat of this conversation, how did you get on this journey? What made you so interested in helping others? How did you start? I started out in personal experiences. My wife and I, we were dating in college, and we unexpectedly got pregnant. And I got that phone call, that scary call that a 20-year-old gets from their girlfriend, Chris, I'm pregnant. And I went to um, my parents, got judgment, went to the church, got some really good prayer. But then I found a counselor, and that was the first time that I realized that they had professionals out there who could help you walk through emotional times in your life. So fast forward, after my wife and I got ourselves together, graduated, and started our professions, I knew I wanted to go back to school to become a licensed marriage and family therapist, 
and I and I did that. I completed my master's degree, and ever since then, I've been focusing my career on working with couples and relationships. Oh wow, that's so cool! I mean, you stuck with it, and it was based on experience. And oftentimes, when someone helps us, normally we're like, "Oh, I got my help. I'm going to keep it moving." But you actually decided that you wanted to be that vehicle to help other people, and that is commendable. And thank you. Yes, definitely. Yes. Now, okay, there's so much to be said about relationships and how people come together. And I know that you, you, you know, you have knowledge of all these new shows that they have on TV where they take these perfectly, perfect strangers and they just put them together and say, you're married, um, deal with it for uh, 10 weeks, and then after 10 weeks, let's see if you want to stay married. Or they take these other couples who are in relationship and they say, okay, you've been in relationship for 99 years, um, either you're going to marry the person or not, we're giving you the opportunity to date other people to figure it out. How do you feel about all these different kinds of shows? Do you, do you see the importance of them? Do you see the re- relevance? What, is, what, do you, what do you think? What is your take? Yeah, so when it comes to TV, we first got to be mindful that the job of the producer or the show is to, to get ratings. So uh, okay. I, I try not to take TV literal because it's, it's really about entertainment. Uh, and when you think about a closed relationship, a marriage, or a courtship, there are not any cameras around. It's you and your partner. So I, I don't get caught up in the TV shows, but what I do get caught up in are real stories real people who come into my office because they're hurting and they're seeking Mm -hmm. solutions on how to become better partners or real couples who were engaged or just got married and they want to have the tools and expertise so they don't mess it up. That's what I usually work with. That would be my, that would Mm -hmm. be uh, more my take on that. Okay. Well, since you're the expert and I'm not, so I, I, my life is kind of boring. So I watch (laughs) some of these things play out. And I, in my observations and watching, I found that oftentimes people are broken and they don't realize it until they are in relation with someone else. How do you, um, how can you expand on that? And am I wrong? You're absolutely right. A lot of people seek out a relationship to heal, but healing comes within, not not external. And mm-hmm. people will go from one partner to the next partner. I'm sure you've met people like that or you may have seen it on TV where someone is unable to be alone. And your partner should not be your source for happiness. You should be your source for happiness. And the relationship is designed to extract that happiness. If you think about the fact that at some point you're going to be by yourself, and your partner will not always be there. So you want to be able to bring something to the table of a relationship. It's not like math. Two negatives don't equal a positive. You want to have two positive people that love themselves and understand who they are. you got to be able to know you before you can teach a person how to love you. Okay. Okay, great. And um, I, don't, I don't even remember the man. I think his last name was Samuels. Um, he recently passed away, and he had a lot to say about um, men and women and how they relate to each other. And it wasn't always very positive. 
And it, it makes me, it lends, well, it makes me believe that a lot of our belief systems come from what we've experienced as children, and we take those things and carry them with us into adulthood, and they manifest into some really unfortunate situations for people. Um, would, would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, I love the fact that you brought up the reality TV and you, you're talking about Kevin Samuels. And just as a disclaimer, whenever you seek out a professional pertaining to relationships, they need to have some form of credentialing. Uh, to my knowledge, Kevin Samuels had no credentials in the field of relationships. He just expressed his opinion, and that can be mm-hmm. hurtful. I'm not sure if you are familiar with one of the YouTube videos that Kevin Samuels did, but there was actually a female who he completely insulted and degraded online, and that female described how she had to go through therapy, and, and it was a very traumatic experience. So anyone listening, if you're going to seek out professional help, make sure the person's credentialed because you could actually cause more harm than good. And another piece to that is, well, hurt people hurt other people. So if you ever find a professional or a self-proclaimed professional that you're seeking relationship advice from and they're belittling you or if they're making comments, you've got to remember love is not on strike. And love is kind, <laughs> love is patient. So I just want to make sure the audience is listening to the fact that Therapists and coaches, they're not going to demean you. They're not going to ask about your dress size or your income. Everybody deserves to be loved, no matter how you look or how much money you make. That doesn't fit when it comes to working with people around relationships. Okay, great. And I have a follow-up on that young woman. She did Mm -hmm. go to therapy, and I actually saw her on another show um, Mm -hmm. when she was actually getting out there in the dating world. And um, she's a very beautiful woman. I just didn't get it and understand. But based on what you just said, hurt people hurt people. And if you're not licensed mm-hmm. or credentialed, you're going to come from wherever you come from and say whatever you want right. to say. So I, you know, I agree with you on that. Now, when we're in relationships, I always tell myself that love shouldn't be that hard. And when you're in a relationship that is just difficult, what do you do? You have to figure out whether you're going to stay there or find out what's wrong. And if you can't figure out and find out what's wrong and it's just so hard, what do you do? Yeah, so so relationships are lifestyles. And they're ever-changing because both partners are always changing. When mm-hmm. you find yourself in a position where – you don't know if you should stay with the partner or not. You have to ask yourself a series of questions. You have to ask first, would you be better off without that relationship? Relationships are tools. Relationships are designed to be enhancements. The second question you ask yourself, what internal and external attachments do we have? Internal attachments usually look like things such as the oath you made to be married to a person. External might be the shared bank account or the real estate or children, things of that nature. So a lot of people will stay in relationships not because they're in love but because they have a business partnership with the person or they fear that their children won't get the, the guidance and parenting that they desire the, the, the kids have in a two-parent household. And 
you know, last but not least, the third thing is that people sometimes are just afraid to be alone. So the devil you know is is better than the angel you don't know. So I, I really believe it goes back to the first thing we talked about earlier, that self-love piece, loving yourself enough mm-hmm. to to be by yourself if you have to be. Okay. Now, should people have purpose when they get in a relationship? Like, um, for example, should you be in a relationship and date with the outcome of getting married and spending your life with this person, or should you just date the person and whatever happens, happens? Because I've heard people say um, she's just dating a date. She doesn't have any goals. And mm-hmm. so is that true? Um, I, I, I believe, you know, based on based on a lot of the clients that I've worked with, the, the clients that have the most success in relationships bring an intentionality into the relationship. So knowing what you want. If you do not want the commitments of being married or having a closed-ended monogamous relationship, make those intentions known up front. People get in trouble because they follow someone else's plan. You're either going to have your own plan or be part of someone else's plan. A lot of the, the guys I've worked with, they'll be pressured to marry a female partner, and instead of just telling that woman up front, hey, I really don't want to get married or I don't want to have any children. Instead, they may play around with the female or, and vice versa. It even happens with women doing that to men. So I think um, intentionality is it. You, you got to go into every situation intentional, with intentionality. Even when you, get, when you get dressed in the morning, you're thinking about what you're putting on based on the weather, uh, if you're going to be in a formal setting or not. You have to have that same intentionality with dating. Mm. So that explains why there are a lot of couples out there who are pissed with each other because the relationship is stagnant because they didn't have an inform a plan, so to speak. Correct. Correct. And, and you will hear a lot of dating experts and coaches, they'll talk about how within those first couple of dates, I mean, that's that's the job. That's the, that's the goal, to figure out what both people want and you know, I was listening to, to a, a YouTube video today. It was talking about T- Tiffany Haddish in Common. And Common was in a prior relationship with um, a political analyst. And as soon as she show, shared with Common that she wanted children, <clears throat> the relationship was over because he didn't want any more children. So you can save a lot of time and energy when you ask those certain questions that are just groundbreaking questions at the beginning of the relationship. I actually have a YouTube mm-hmm. video on my channel, uh, Chris A. Matthews, and the, the video basically lists ways to date without wasting your time. And I describe oh. questions that you can ask a partner so you're not wasting your time. Oh, you know, I wish there are probably thousands of people that wish they would have watched that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, because oh you know, the, 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 issue, it, the issue is this, because imagine dating somebody and you become intimate, and now you have a kid with that person, and you're stuck with that person for life based on being a parent with someone you don't even like or love, but you guys were, you know, kicking it and had a kid. You know, those, those are a lot of situations that I see in counseling. And if those couples would have been more intentional at the beginning of the relationship, then they may have prevented those external factors that keep people together. And, and it's funny you mentioned that, you know, parenthood. Parenthood you know, as we know, it comes. It doesn't come with a guidebook or anything like that. Um, when 
couples come together and they have a child involved, how does the way that the couples interact affect the child? The parents set the example. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of amazing examples of parents who are able to co-parent. But it starts with, once again, having the desire to want that to be something you work on. And I find that when you start involving other relationships, so when those two people, they have a child, they have a child together, they're not together intimately, but then you involve other partners in you got ego. So demonstrating healthy relationship tools to your kids starts with you and the partner. How do you guys talk to each other? If you're cussing and fussing mm-hmm. each other out, your kids see that. So I, I believe it's more about beyond just parenting. It's about just being kind to, to each other, being kind to people. Okay. Okay, great. Now, if you had to, okay, if you had to give, like, a, a, a to-do list for someone who's thinking about stepping out into the world of dating, um, I, I don't, you know, at any age or any stage, because we all come from different stages in, in our lives when we want to date. Some people mm-hmm. are just starting out. Some people are, you know, uh, they are, you know, they, they are widowed. Then you have some that are divorced and and such. What would be the the, the checklist of things that they need to do individually before they even begin to expose themselves to another individual? I love that question. The first thing that anybody needs to do, despite which dating bracket you're in, it could be uh, you just got out of a marriage, you're you're young, you're seeking to be married, it could be just finding a partner to travel with. Whatever whatever situation you're in, the number one thing that you should do is write out what you're seeking in that person or another partner, right? Write it out. Literally pick out a piece of paper, pull your laptop, work on your smartphone, write your list out. The second thing you need to do, you can do this with a counselor, and if you have uh, you know, a corporate-level job, most, most positions have employee assistance programs where you can get six free sessions of counseling. You want to go to a counselor to process your blind spot. Did you have any family trauma or past issues that may be impacting where you are now in life and you didn't know? That's going to be very important. The third thing you want to check off your list, do you have the time for a relationship? Relationships take time and resources. And based on your time and resources, you want to align that relationship to fit. If you're traveling a lot of times for work or if you have children that you're investing in more, then you want to um, do a relationship, letting the partner know that up front. I believe if we do those three things, we can establish healthy relationships. Mm-hmm. That is good to know. I have to share something with you. Um, my aunt, um, she, it's, uh, gosh, she was in her 80s when she passed away back in um, 2000, I think 2004, something like that. And going, and going through her stuff, I found this book on dating, believe it or not. (laughs) The book was written back in, oh, gee, 1916. Mm. And some of the things that I saw in the book had me sit back and go, this is how they thought? And they talked about, you know, men should never date an older woman because she's set in her ways and blah, 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 all these negative things about 
you know, older women and, and how it's a waste of time. Here we are, fast forward, 2022, and I've been seeing a lot of older couples um, finding love for the first time in some instances. Mm-hmm. So yeah, why is it? That's very common. Yeah, why is it that there was such a negative stigma attached to older women um, and, and older women finding relationships in love? I believe that the source of the information is where the tone comes from. If you have a younger person or someone that doesn't know any better crafting that material, then they're going to put that in there. In my experience, I find that, first and foremost, people are living longer. So you have a larger population of older people. And when you look at older people not only living longer, people are healthier and they're living longer as well. So because people are living longer, you actually have more older individuals establishing romantic relationships later on in life. And, you know, something, too, that, that, that we talk about a lot in couples counseling, intimacy and sex, don't get, it, don't get it confused. A lot of older people are still, you know, soaring their oats and having a great time intimately as well. So I think there's this conception, misconception that older people aren't living life. They're living their best lives, and they deserve to have a relationship partner the same way a young person does. That's good to know because, like I said, I've been seeing things. I had, you know, I have a good friend, and she's my neighbor, and she's, you know, she was just, well, she's not my neighbor anymore because she got married, she moved away, and she got married at 70. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he she's was, I think, yeah, he was almost 80. So, you know, and I was like, wow, that's that's amazing. And, you know, the thing that I think affects us the most because of social media, I think that mm-hmm. that's been fueling a lot of misconceptions. Am I correct? You are correct. I think social media, once again, you know, I said it earlier, all media – is through the eyes of the of the consumer or the distributor. So mm-hmm. when you have younger people putting out information that's not accurate, and then you have people, you know, looking at it like, like your likes and views don't make you an expert, <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. likes and views don't make you an expert. Just because a lot of people are watching your stuff, it doesn't mean it's accurate. And you know, I, I think about when you talk about the older the older population, the older generation of people. People living longer, they're more vibrant, and a lot of the things that you see on social media may not be accurate. And I want to tell people who are listening as well, social media is not therapy. Please, please conceal your information. Do not put your information out there online. It's called an intimate relationship for a reason. When you're with a partner, that's something that needs to be sacred and protected. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of people vent on social media, and they may describe oh, yeah. their relationship. That's not for the whole world to read, and that's something that can actually end a lot of relationships too. So I want I want viewers to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Well, you hear you listeners, are you listening? Keep your relationship business private between you and your partner, or if you're going to a therapist, that's the only person you need to know. And, and even oh. your family. 
I, I, I see that too. A lot of people express, you know, their relationship issues with their with their parents and family members. That's nobody's business but you and your partner. Well, that's good to hear because a lot of times, and something that I've seen, you know, a lot of times um, when you go to family, they will put their their issue in your issue. Mm-hmm. And give you advice based on their issue, not your issue. And that's a recipe right. for disaster right there. It is. And if you share your private information, if you and your partner have a fight, they're now going to judge your partner. So now everybody's uncomfortable. So keeping mm-hmm. your information private or seeking out a, a therapist or a counselor to speak to, because by law the therapist or counselor has to keep that information private. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the question that I really would like to ask, when you're in a relationship, how often do you recommend that they do, you know, couples do a check-in, you know, go to a therapist and just check in to just to, you know, reset sometimes? Would you recommend that, and how often would you recommend that? Definitely. I'm going to give a couple of recommendations. The first recommendation is sooner than later. If you find any tension between you and your partner, that looks like if you're going days not talking. It looks like you're having the same fight or repeating the same cycles over and over again with no resolution. The second, just from a metrics lens, every seven years, every seven years your relationship resets. Another metrics you can use is any life transition. If you're getting a new job or changing fields or moving or having a baby or another child, any type of life transition is another time. Those are kind of three big moments to look at. Whenever there's an issue that's not resolved, every seven years in any life transition. Also, the loss of a parent, that's another life transition that would um, lead you to counseling. If you're becoming an empty nester, children going off to college, all those life transitions are going to be good cues that you may need to talk to somebody just to get a check-in, even if nothing's wrong. Okay, that's, that is excellent information. And why is it so difficult for people to go to a therapist? Why are they afraid to do that? I'm not, uh, I'm, I just don't understand why. I believe that people are afraid to seek out a counselor or a therapist because there's this stigma that something has to be wrong with you. And people don't want to feel like something's wrong with them. But I'm here to tell you, just because you want to go speak to someone, it doesn't make anything wrong with you. It makes you human. You know, getting past the stigma that something's wrong or we're going to be diagnosed or medicated just because we're going to speak to somebody, that, that we're not robots. We're people. And people need okay. people. People need connection. Now, a lot of times people get in situations where medication is necessary. And why is it that people are so afraid of letting their partners or whomever it is that they're involved with know that they are on a certain kind of medication that helps them? Yeah, I, I, you know, I believe people are afraid of letting others know about their mental health or medication because we're afraid of being judged. You know, I, I personally have gone through bouts in my own life that required some medication for some anxiety, general anxiety that I suffered, and I, I too was nervous. I didn't want to tell anybody about that information. I, I was afraid to even tell my wife. I didn't want to be judged. I didn't want to. I didn't want someone to think that I was you know, losing my mind and my or my sanity, and that can be scary. And 
when you do seek out medication for your mental health, I always suggest going to a psychiatrist. Psychiatrists specialize in the medication. General uh, medical practitioners, your, your, your general doctor can prescribe medication as well, but you want to go to a psychiatrist, a specialist. And just because you start medication, it doesn't mean you have to take it forever. Think of the medication as a bridge or a gap just to get you a little bit closer to managing your mental health while you're getting your self-care practices together, while you're developing a routine. Medication may be something just to kind of get you over the hump. I see a lot of couples, when they go through a divorce or the loss of a parent or something that's very trying in their life, that medication allows them just to continue to function their daily opportunities or daily daily tasks such as going to work and taking care of themselves. So I'm I'm not against medication. I believe that whatever you can do to help you and it be done in a healthy, monitored, regulated way by a professional that's licensed or trained in that field, by all means, take care of you first. Okay, good, good information. Now, when we're talking about, you know, couples, longevity and marriage and stuff of that nature, what have you seen that you could share is the key to a very successful marriage or relationship? Definitely. I'll share a couple of keys. The first key is be faithful. Don't cheat. I know that sounds very simple, but the majority of the clients that I see in counseling, there was some form of infidelity. And infidelity doesn't always look like having sex with another person. It can look like being on social media or the intent of connecting with someone and breaching those boundaries that you and your partner established. The second piece, be intentional about starting that marriage over every day. Every day you need to have a reset button on that relationship. It looks like not getting comfortable and just taking your partner for granted or expecting them to always be there. And third, have fun. You know, I'm going on 14 years of marriage with my wife in August. And we have a fun time together. We travel together. We raise our children together. We work together. I love spending time with my wife. And I believe that's the number one key. Find somebody you can have a really good time with. And in, in the last key is a bonus. Somebody that you can forgive really quickly. I don't stay mad at my wife for a long period of time. As a couples counselor to hear couples go days not speaking, it would drive me crazy. I can't go a couple hours not talking to my wife, especially if she's upset with me. I'm trying to fix it. She's trying to fix it. If I'm mad at her, I believe those are some keys that are very simple that can can be applied to all marriages to last a long time. Great. That is such, that's such great information. Now, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, um, cheating. And you said cheating mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to look like actually physically cheating. And you have, you know, people, I don't think they realize that you have emotional relationships with other individuals and not know it. And can you expand on that? Yeah, so, so most cheating occurs with people who you know. It could be a coworker, and I always give the example about how if, you go to a new job and you have lunch with a coworker and you find yourself anticipating that lunch with that coworker. And then you find yourself talking about your marriage or relationship with that coworker. And then you find yourself spending time with that coworker after work. It's a slippery slope. 
So cheating doesn't always have to look like something physical. A lot of the times the physical cheating manifests through the emotional cheating that occurs first. And beyond just cheating, making sure that you understand that if you find yourself lying or kind of concealing the truth, that should be a red flag. And cheating is usually a symptom that there's a deficiency in the relationship and you're seeking other relationships to fulfill what you're not able to get with your partner. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that information because I've seen, you know, you've heard that this is my work wife or this is my work husband. I was never one that was like keen on that. I'm like, that makes no sense to me. That's, that's, that's a trouble right there. It, it can be. I, I want to add some clarity out there. I, I believe that men and women, or or for same-sex couples or transgender couples or whoever, you can be attracted to someone and still have a friendship with them. The way you do that, however, is establishing a boundary. As a clinician, I consult with other female therapists, and they may be physically attractive therapists, but I have boundaries. I do telehealth services where I may consult with them. I'm not going out to dinner to have a consultation call with a therapist that may be attractive. So I make sure that I'm always respecting my wife, and that looks like proximity. I'm never going to step out of those boundaries because I take respecting my wife personal, and I wouldn't want her to do anything like that to me. So I believe when you find a person you love enough to not hurt, and, and that's one of the mantras that I want to share my wife and I, we, we, we brought out in our marriage early on in, in, in marriage, we said, let's love each other enough to not cheat. We, would love, we love each other enough to where I would break up with my wife before I just lied and cheated. And I asked her to do the same for me. If I feel like at any point she can't fulfill my needs and I couldn't fulfill her needs, we would be respectful enough to, to dissolve the relationship before we just were, were attempting to just hurt each other by cheating and being malicious in that sense. Of, of holding information. I think I think that's the biggest key right there. Mm, okay, that is great. That makes a heck of a lot of sense. <laughs> See, um, and there was one situation that I had, um, I had personally experienced. Okay, I'm putting my, an individual who I don't know what their problem was, but they, had this view of how relationships should go, that they should, um, they were getting ready to remarry somebody that they married before, but they wanted to have somebody else because they knew that going into the marriage, the same issues existed that existed before when they were married before, but they wanted to have that little thing on the side so that they fill the gap. Did that, it didn't make sense to me. And, um, but, are those kind of things happening out here? Yeah, so I, I want to speak to speak to that because uh, it's very common. You you'll see a lot of uh, articles now around open marriages and open relationships. For starters, you and your partner define that relationship the way you want to define it. I've personally worked with couples who have agreements to invite other people into their marriage. And that's what those two people plus however many others they're inviting into the relationship all have established. It's not, it's not my job or, or, or my desire to judge anybody. If you want to invite other people into your marriage and you and your partner have established 
guidelines and boundaries around how you want to manage those situations, then it's not my job or any other therapist's job to, to judge you or to tell you how to run or regulate your relationships and marriage. I personally believe, though, however, if you're seeking out another partner or persons, just don't get married. <laughs> like, just, just, just have multiple Thank you. Um, that's just my personal, you know, and, I, and a lot of times I'm on a platform now. I'm not doing therapy with you. I'm just talking, right? So I can, I can mm-hmm. just tell you what Chris Matthews thinks. But I really do feel like marriage is a tool, and if you're wanting to be married with a person, then, then you know, respect the union of marriage. If you don't want to be married, then don't be married and have as many people as you want to have. Okay, good. I, I get you because I, when I heard it, I, I, my head kind of spun around. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I agree with you. I mean, it's up to the individuals. However, oftentimes the, there's always one party in the situation that doesn't know that that's the deal. Um, and so that's where, you know, a lot of people get hurt with situations like that. Yeah, that's called cheating. I, <laughs> that's called cheating. Yeah, no, that, that, that's not an open <laughs> relationship. That's called that's called I'm cheating on the person. Because it, cheating is rooted in deceit. That's what cheating is rooted in. It's, you know, you, you can't have cheating without lying and deceit. That's, that's what cheating is. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now, you have written books, and um, and you have your YouTube how can people, what are the titles of your books where people can, you know, go out and buy them so they can read your take on relationships, and how can they find you? Yeah, so the book, my, my, my main book that I've written is Finding Your Relationship Fixed, The Four Reasons Couples Seek Counseling. It's located on Amazon, or you can go to my private website, chrisamatthews.com. Like my name, Chris, C-H-R-I-S. A Matthews M A T T H E W S dot com, and also the YouTube channel is Chris A underscore Matthews as well. So Chris A Matthews dot com is how people can find me and order a copy of the book. Okay, great, great. And if they wanted to seek you out for your services, um, they can find you via your um, personal website. Yes, on my personal website, I have a form where. If you're uh, living in my state, I can do counseling. If you're living outside of the state, we can do relationship coaching. So uh, coaching is not regulated by a state license. Um, counseling is, but clients can look up my website, chrisamatthews.com, and send me a uh, referral form to hire, my, hire me for services. Okay, great. I wish my co-host was here because she has this amazing story. Um, I've known her for a very long time. I went to her first um, wedding, and I, I you know, kind of went through some of the things that she went through, and she, has, she was like, I'm done, forget it, I don't care anymore. I'm just going to do what I need to do to get myself together. And she was in the process of getting herself together and made, well, and met an amazing man. And now she's been married for four years to this wonderful individual. And, yeah, and her story is, is, it's something that I think we all should kind of understand. Like in the beginning of our conversation today, you know, I talked about, 
getting yourself right first before you expose yourself to anybody else. And that was something Mm -hmm. that she really took the time out to do. She took the time out to find out who she was, what she liked, what she wants. And then she took time out to to kind of, because we would talk about this, what kind of guy she wants. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes I think we go through trial and error before we really get it right. And when she met her current husband, and she told me that she was going for a walk, and he was walking too, and that's how they met. And what I think is so amazing and so beautiful about their relationship is that they work together, and they make time to be together. Like you said, they make sure that they have, um, you know, dinner together every night. Um, they make time for each other. And those are all some of the key things that you mentioned early on in our conversation. And I and I would love for her to be able to tell you more because I'm not in the relationship every day, but it's working for me. Well, I would love to come back on the show when she's available. So um, oh, reach great. out to uh, Double double Exposure, Angela mm-hmm. Ellaby, and, and they can rebook the show. Great, that would be excellent because when I told her I was having you on the show, she was like, no, because she's um, doing, she's on an off-Broadway play now, so she's rehearsing, so she's not able to make um, this particular, um, this month she's not going to be available. But, sure, we would love to have you back because we did read your book. (laughs) We did read your book. (laughs) Yes, you're welcome. And, you know, she had questions and and we had some other uh, questions too, but I would love for her to be here to be able to really, you know, get into the meat of things and to share her story because that could also be, you know, like um, some tips for people who are who are out there just trying to figure out how to make things work. Exactly. I would, I would love to come back. I've had a great time speaking with you and your audience and um, definitely just, just – set it up so we can come back and I can hear her story and answer questions that she may have around the book and we can talk more about relationships. I would love that, Chris. This has been fun for me, very informational. I hope my listeners, um, our listeners, are really getting, you know, some valuable information that they can probably incorporate into their relationships or their relationship journey, whatever, you know, whatever phase they're in at this particular time. And, yes, mm-hmm. love to have you back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's been fun. I've enjoyed speaking yes. with you. Yes, it has been. It, yes, it has been a pleasure. So I'm going to let you go. Um, it's Saturday, and I hope that you have an amazing weekend, and I will definitely reach out to Double Exposure to uh, make sure that we can get you back. It will probably be next month sometimes when she's back from doing her play. Definitely. I look forward to meeting her and, and, and running it back with you both on. You got it. Thank you. And guess what? Can I tell you something? Yeah, please. Matthew, you are the best invention ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, well I, glory be to God. I'm, I'm glad that he invented me. <laughs> <laughs> you take care of yourself, okay? Thank you. You do the same. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.
everybody. So that was Chris A. Matthews, and he's going to be back on the show. So if you have any relationship questions, please, 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 please take the time out to be on the show. We'll, you know, post the information when he's going to be back so we can you can ask your questions. Marilyn will be back with us as well. So this will be so much fun because, yes, he is the best invention ever. Because how we relate to our, how we relate with ourselves is important as to how much is as important as to how we relate to other people. So I'm not going to keep you long. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back again soon. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for spending time with us. See you soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.